the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. He was a, he was a wonderful student of the word, a wonderful family man, loved his children, had great vision for the Lord. He said, I would. I married Gerald and his wife. And, uh, and little did I know, instead of him burying me, he said I had a sudden heart attack in 2014 in Rwanda, and I got a call, everybody screaming, and he had died of a massive heart attack, leaving a widow and four little children. So I ended up marrying him and burying him at the age of at the age of 45, he died. He was on. A, he didn't live long, but he had a quality of life. But he was the gateway of us getting into Africa to meet all of these people. Listen, you need to write this down. The kingdom of God is advanced through relationships. It's those relationships, the relationship with Gerald led to a relationship with Peter and Charles and all those others. And we were vesting in the ministry and the child sponsorship programs and all the needs. And you all gave generous. And that's why God has blessed this church, because we are blessed to be a blessing. You say, do you do you have local missions as well? Yes, we do. We have local missions all over the city. That's too much to talk about right now. But we believe in local missions and we believe in foreign missions to the glory of Almighty God. And now, listen, those ministries that start so humbly, those ministries over there has surpassed way past the ministry of Maranatha. When you see the schools in all the cities that they have, thousands of kids, Got thousands of sponsorships going forth. When you see the we walk into hospitals and see the hospital operational and see all the movement of the doctors and the nurses and the equipment and all that stuff. When we see the when we see all of those things, when we when we see the baby home for adoptions and the clinics and when we see all all of those things happening, we see the greatness and grandeur of the ministry. And I look and I say, wow. And they treat my wife and I like royalty over there because they said, you invested in us when we had nothing. You gave us a happy hand. A lot of folks want to jump on board when you're successful. But it's another thing to jump on board when you have to put yourself in risk 
because you really don't know them that well. Ministry involves risk. But now their ministry has gone on at levels we couldn't imagine. But that's okay because we are part of that ministry and we are grandparents to all those generations and we spend all the time ministering to the next year, the children of those parents. Now we have labored with and invested in and poured in because when they pass on, the children will carry on those ministries to the glory of almighty God. So don't be afraid of folks surpassing you. Just know who you are in Christ and be thankful that you had a hand in their success. That God used you. When somebody get a better car, don't get jealous because their car is better than you. Just say, hey, give me a ride. <laughs> Let me have a ride. I, I didn't show me a car. I lay hands and pray on it. And I say, God, go forward. Give me a ride. I mean, be happy. You go, I go to nice houses. I've been in houses so big until I, I can't even describe it. But when I walk out and go to my house, I'm just as satisfied as I can be. I don't want all that. That's too much to clean. Way too much to clean. (laughs) Whatever state you're in, you learn to be content. Don't worry about people surpassing you, being better than you, knowing more, ministry being bigger. Matter of fact, I've never asked God for a big church. I don't know if I'm doing a good enough job with those I have now to earn the right to have another member. Because I'm accountable for everyone who connects with this church. And I value you and I take your spiritual souls seriously because I have to one day stand before God and give an account of my stewardship of how I ministered and shepherded you as your pastor. It's serious. Let me move on. You, as a spiritual investor... You must be available to serve in the church. You must be available to serve in the church. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus was the greatest servant who ever lived. He served God. Jesus did the will of the Father. Jesus served people all the way to the cross. He died serving people. Even the thief on the cross, or one of them was taken in and saved. Jesus was serving and offering salvation to one who had just ridiculed him. And he tells him when he said, what the thief said, Father, when you enter your kingdom, remember me. Jesus responded by saying, this day you will be with me in paradise. Paradise. He even served. He served unto death, even on the cross. He had a ministry of servanthood. Jesus washed the disciples' feet and even the feet of Judas, who betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Beloved, you never look more like Christ than when you serve others with a selfless, sacrificial love. I say it again. Beloved, you never look more like Christ than when you serve others with a selfless, sacrificial love. Next, another requirement before spiritually investing in the lives of believers is that you need to be spiritually mature. 
You cannot invest in the lives of others until you yourself, you're first spiritually mature. Uh, Hebrews chapter five, verse 14 says, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. In other words, a spiritually mature believer will serve Christ and remain on his spiritual post through challenges. Spiritually mature. The worst thing you can do is put spiritual babies in key leadership and you have to clean up mess after mess after mess because the person then blown there in the first place. The Bible didn't say look spiritual. You have to be spiritual. You can't look holy. You have to be holy. A spiritually mature believer will serve Christ and remain on his or her spiritual post through life challenges in the church. You will serve God through COVID-19. You know, we're still in the midst of it. It's not gone. We don't know what's going to happen. Don't ask me to forecast. I'm not God. We have to wait on him and trust. I have to wait on him and trust, trust God like you. But, but I tell you what, I've learned to do ministry in spite of COVID-19. You know, I, I've done funerals in spite of COVID-19. I've done weddings in spite of, of COVID-19. I've been in the saints home in spite of COVID-19. In the heat of COVID-19, I went to hospitals to those who really needed me the most. I could have said, oh, I'm not going now. I might get this. I might get that. Oh, I'm not going. I'm not touching that coffin. That cause might have COVID. Those people needed me. I said, for God, I live. And for God, I die. If I die doing the Lord's work, then blessed be the name of the Lord. You matter to me. You matter to me. I'm not going to be so afraid of COVID that I'm not going to do the will of God in the midst of COVID. You, you, you know, you got to be spiritually mature when people fail to follow through. You got to be able to handle that because people are going to let you down. Somebody said every time. <laughs> <laughs> Every time people will say the saints who lack commitment, they'll say one thing and do another. And then you will often be unappreciated. Your name not going to be called all the time. You're not going to always be recognized, but that's okay. Long as the Lord see you and long as the Lord knows your name, you carry on. You see, a spiritually mature believer will possess the God given ability to discern good from evil. And will be determined to come to church even when it rains. Even when it rains. It's amazing that one drop of water is raining outside. And Monday you go to work in a flood. Somebody will have to sit down and explain that to me. I mean, we, we got a roof. You came, you didn't ride a motorcycle. You came in a car. You got an umbrella. Raise it up, walk on in, shut it up, worship God. It's raining. You go everywhere you go. Folk go to football games, right? Sit in the rain. Green Bay Packers, they fascinate me. That's a fascinating thing. I don't even know how folk live in Green Bay. I, I'm still trying to figure out. It's, to me, it's unfit for human inhabitation. 
and they have to uh, 50 below zero, no shirt. Holly, go, 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 course, go. Freezing weather, snow, ice, no shirt. And you come in here in nice cushiony seats, beautiful ambiance, got a ceiling, warm temperature, a car to come in, and it's one drop of rain. Some of y'all just let the weather report dictate your attendance. Oh, I see a cloud coming. Oh, oh, it just came toward Converse. Child, you better stay home. I see a tornado. Spiritually, spiritual immaturity. I come. I'm here. Spiritual mature people come. They come. You, you find a way to do it. Unless it's really unusual. Really beyond your control. And then certainly we can understand that. Let me move on. You cannot make a spiritual investment in others until you possess a teachable spirit. How are you going to help folk and you don't have a teachable spirit? It is possible to have good church attendance and not be determined to sit down, be still, and learn. You're at the church, but you're really not at the church. You're in a seat, but your mind is not fair. Let me give you a scripture. Oh, God help me. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. It says, give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man or woman, that's generic for woman too, and he will increase in learning. Now, listen, a sure sign that you are righteous, a sure sign that you are wise, a sure sign that you are increasing and learning is that you have disciplined yourself to be in position and be still so that the spirit of God can teach you timeless truths from the word of God. You can come and sit in the Lord's house and leave worse than than what you came because you miss your God moment, your mind's all over the place, you didn't connect with the word, you didn't connect with the message, and you left spiritually dry and empty, and that's why you can't make it through the week. Sadly, there are many saints who move around the church, socialize with people in the church, And some are on their cell phones and tablets, but are not following along as the message is being preached. Just because they're looking at the phone, all those tablets does not necessarily mean they are engaging with the word of God as I dispense it. There are saints who never increase in learning because of the inability to be still and listen intently from the heart And they stay in the spiritual ICU unit. God requires his children to make financial investments in the work of the Lord. 
God requires his children. You want to invest spiritually? Then here's what you do. God requires his children to make financial investments in the Lord's work or the work of the Lord. So many saints make investments in things that have no lasting eternal value. You lay up your treasures in heaven when you invest financially in the kingdom of God. God requires believers to cheerfully give to the Lord's church. He requires you to give to youth ministry, to missionaries. He requires you to give to the poor. He requires you to give to widows and orphans as well as those in crises. Let me give you a good scripture as it comes to giving and investing in the kingdom, which has lasting eternal value. Hebrews thirteen sixteen is a wonderful passage that I can't ever get used to. It says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. I like that. Do not neglect to do good and share what, and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. I do what I can while I can. My wife and I give and we give and we give. One thing I know for certain, I cannot outgive God. And I'm blessed to give. Finally, but not the least, you should be willing to use your spiritual gifts the Lord has, has deposited in you to bless others. Gifts was a blessing to others in the congregation. God has gifted you and he wants you to use the gifts, the spiritual gifts he's deposited into you to be a blessing to others. First Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you, say each, that, that includes you, of you a gift if you're born again from his great variety of spiritual gifts. God has a whole lot of spiritual gifts. And you know what? Like, now, the latter part is what I really love. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well. My preaching gift should minister to you. Your gifts should minister to me. Your gifts should minister to one another. And my gifts, your gifts, we're all interdependent upon one another that the body of Christ would grow and reach her maximum potential to the glory of God. Beloved born-again believers possess one, every born-again believer possesses one or more spiritual gifts that God has blessed each of us with. To be given a spiritual gift from God and allow it to become dormant and not used is spiritual negligence. Furthermore, if you do not know what your spiritual gifts are, you say, I don't, I, I, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. You've been in the church 40 years and don't know what your spiritual gift is. Let me tell you something. Then pray, and, and as you faithfully, first of all, you pray. Then secondly, as you faithfully serve in the Lord's church, he will reveal your giftedness. He will reveal your giftedness. I'm going to tell you something else about this. God may even use others in the body of Christ to identify your giftedness as you actively serve in the Lord's church. 
There are people who are spiritual will point out your gift that you don't even realize you have. And then when they say it, then you say, you know what? I do do that well. And you're shocked that you didn't discover that yourself. Somebody else had to tell you. But that's okay. We are our brother's keeper. My friend, it's time for the church to spiritually wake up. Be available. It's time for the church to be alert. It's time for the church to be ready to do whatever God is calling you to do. We don't have much time as we think we have. Wake up. Wake. I'm not talking about natural sleep wake up. I'm talking about wake up spiritually. Say wake up. You said, you know, you didn't mean that. You, 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 it was kind of, you know, lousy. Say wake up. That's, you still, wait a minute now. I know you got more voice than that. It's time for God's children to wake up. This is no time for you to be spiritually dry, spiritually destitute, dragging on the Lord. I guess I get up and go today. You know, somebody might not be there. I don't want to go to rehearsal. Somebody saying it off key. Wake up! Get busy. Listen, there's no such thing as being too old to serve God. When you stop serving God, you start dying. When you stop living, you start dying. As long as God gives you breath, he intends you to use every breath you have to give him all you've got. It's time to wake up. And be about the father's business. Don't you see all that sin out there? Don't you see all that confusion out there? We better wake up and move and really keep the main thing the main thing. And don't fight over this little stuff that means absolutely nothing at the end of the day. Stuff that most churches fight over. You need to, they need to ask themselves a question. They fight over, oh, oh, that pulpit should be two inches to the right. That carpet is, 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 uh, it should be purple. No, it shouldn't. This is no discotheque. <laughs> uh-uh. At the end of the day, the folk fight over the color. They fight over T-shirts. They fight over money. They fight over this. They fight over that. At the end of the day, you need to ask yourself a hundred years from now, what difference will it make? And what is what I'm fighting over doesn't have lasting eternal value. Or am I wasting all my time over the devil's mess? It's time for God's children to what? To And all God's children said, God bless you. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Father, thank you for this message. It's a strange message, right? In 3 John. Some folks in here wondering, how did you get all that out of there? (laughs) 
The Lord did it. It's the Lord's doing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, you're good to this church. <laughs> you privileged my wife and I to go thousands of miles and come back because you're not through with us. Father, help us to get in a hurry. And those who sit under my voice and those who are watching live stream, it's no accident that they are watching and are either they are sitting here or back in the spirit center. I pray that you move them, compel them to come forth and be saved. Or if they don't have a membership, maybe they're saved, Lord, and they, they're looking for a church home and they've heard enough to say, you know, I want to be what a word is. I pray that it, it is done. Father, let, the, let Satan not snatch the seed of your word. Let us receive it, internalize it, and digest it, and practice it. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Your presence today is no accident. God knew you would be here before the foundation of the world was laid. He wanted you to hear this message because there is work for you to do even here. If you don't know Jesus, the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus and be saved. You come. Others of you, you save and you know you're saved, but you don't have a church home. You're searching and Satan's going to say, don't come, don't come, sit down, wait a little while longer. Don't you let Satan put the spirit of procrastination. The Bible says the day you hear my voice, heart, not your heart, let God just obey. God brought you here. Settle up with him. Next Sunday for what? You could be in ICU by Wednesday, waiting on next Sunday. Come to Jesus now. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.